0: Welcome, everybody, to Birching the West. This is our uh, podcast, and for those of you that are watching us online on the um, on YouTube, welcome as well, so you can see the video. Uh, we have a special guest with us today, Joe Wolverton, and uh, he's author of a number of books, a longtime writer for the New American Magazine, and uh, I think for some other publications as well, but uh, I wanted to welcome you all and special make a special welcome to joe welcome joe
1: thank you so much Ellen, i appreciate it i'm so happy to be with you and to be able to talk to all these good people
0: yeah i'm glad you could glad you could join us joe yeah, um, so i i was doing a little bit of uh reading up on uh your your latest book mm-hmm. and uh, i was wondering if you may, maybe you could tell us a little bit about this called the founder's recipe is that right That's right. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, I'll tell you, it's, it's one of those things. It's the book that I it's the book that I wanted to write. And if I never wrote another one, I would be satisfied because this book is essentially the culmination of my decades long search to understand what made the founding fathers the men that they were. I was the first person on either side of my family to go to college and I went to BYU and I got there and I went to my my I was a poli sci major and went to my class and everybody knew more than me. And I felt like a short dog in, in tall grass. And I went to my professor, uh, Dick Vetterly, who's now gone on to his reward. But I went to him and I said, you know, I I love your class, Dr. Vetterly, but I'm way too ignorant to, to be here. And he's like, well, you know, I can tell you're clever. So why don't you, why don't you take the Federalist Papers, which I had never heard of.
2: Yeah, I didn't know right. what the
1: Federal. I I went to school overseas, never heard of the Federalist Papers. And he's like, why don't you go take the index and take some index cards? Because this was in the days before the internet. And he's like, write down every name from the index in the Federalist Papers that you don't know what that thing is. Okay. There, there were fewer names that I did know what they were. And so I just went and made the list. I took them to Dr. Vetterly. He's like, now go to the library and teach yourself what these things are. And I did. And as I started to do it, I would come and, I would come and report to him and there were lots of these things that he didn't know. And so the Federalist papers led me to the Anti-Federalists, which led me to, uh, which led me to the other Federalists who weren't like the official three guys. And then All of these things, and I just would go to the index like he taught me, write down the names, and then go and research it. And eventually, it led me to this list of 37 men most often quoted by the founding generation. And I took that to Dr. Vetterly and and another professor, and I said, How this is the list? How many of these people do you guys know? And Dr. Vetterly and uh, the other professor, he was like, They were both. Man, out of that list of 37 people that we could confidently speak about, 10, maybe a dozen Mm. at a push. And so I thought, whoa, that seems more than just the passage of time or accidental. And so I started researching these guys and I found out very quickly the reason that government was so (laughs) insistent on on obtaining and maintaining control over the educational curriculum was to make sure that American children never read these books again. Because mm. if, if we read what our founders read, there's a chance we do what our founders did and throw off the yoke of tyranny at the point of a gun if need be. But if we never mm. read these things, you don't, it's like, uh, you, know, you don't have to burn a book just keep it from being read. And so these things right. were erased, completely erased from our cultural memory. And today I was on with Tom Woods, uh, I don't know, it was probably two years ago, talking about the fact that I was writing this book, which is funny, but um, we had a guy on, an American history professor, and he said, okay, why don't you test me, Joe? He, you know, he was like, I don't think that this is as unknown as you like to pretend. And so I I can't remember which guys I named now and he knew nothing of them. Uh, a, a couple Hello. of them he, a couple of them he could say, well, I sort of know something about them but nothing nothing with any fluency. And so I recognized that yeah, this was by design and when you read these guys. So what I did in founder's recipe is my idea was if you have the right ingredients you can, you can, you know, if you go and you taste this delicious cake, you find the recipe for the cake, you put in the right ingredients at the right amount, at the right temperature for the right time, and you'll get a cake that's somewhat similar to that cake that you love. And so my idea right. was we've been we've been teaching kids these things and telling them it's American history and it isn't, and we've been substituting salt for sugar and wondering why the cake ain't sweet. And so I called it, I like that. And I, yeah, and I called it Founders Recipe for that reason. If we take the ingredients, the 37 ingredients in this book, put them back into our heads, then maybe we can teach this next generation from the cradle for the first time in 250 years. We can have a generation raised from the cradle with this level of understanding of the sacredness of liberty. I, the Lord God, made you free, and you are free indeed. And then the most powerful word in the scriptures nevertheless, when the people, when the wicked rule, the people mourn. And so I'm like, we got to get these things back into the heads of people so they appreciate what liberty is and how valuable it is. And, you know, how our founding fathers came to be a bunch of, uh, you know, at Lexington Green. in the morning, you've got 50 50 dairy farmers and a preacher facing off against the world's most powerful professional army. What got them to that point? It's it's not taxation without representation. That doesn't get you up at 4.30 and face off against a professional army. That doesn't do it. And when you read these guys, yeah, when you read these guys in this book, I tell you, I read, a, I have classes, I teach classes on this, uh, on this book, and people's eyes are like, why have I never read that? Well, ask yourself that question. You've never read it because they don't want you to think these thoughts.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, it, You know, that kind of reminds me of uh, the, the video series. You're probably aware of it, at least, uh, Myths Versus Facts with Art Thompson, mm-hmm where he goes through some of the history of the people that tried to take over the teaching of history. And uh, they were pretty successful. and uh, Uh, Yeah, they
1: have been successful
0: to this day. Yeah. I mean, and even to the point where, and I say it in the book, in the
1: introduction to the book is, you know, some of these parents, they think, all right, I'm going to choose a charter school or a classical academy or this or that academy, but they end up using the same textbooks as they're using down the street in the public indoctrination building. And so it's like, why are you bothering you? You're just, it's sound and fury signifying nothing. And so we've got to get Mm. into the hands and that's the goal is to get into the hands of these parents. And now when I, and and truthfully, the the sort of sweet spot that I'm aiming for are these kids that are a couple of years from having their their children, get these things in their heads so that when those babies are born, they know just like our founding fathers knew, from the cradle that god made you free if someone tries to take that freedom they're placing themselves above god and you have a sacred obligation to serve no one but god so if you serve a tyrant you're breaking one of the commandments that's what gets 50 dairy farmers up at four o'clock to face off the world's most powerful army
0: yeah that's that's a very good point way it uh you know puts a whole new light on things of from how most of us, I think, have been taught about American history.
1: Yeah, I, I had a woeful understand. education and I went to good schools. But I, like I said, I, if I ever heard the words federalist papers, I'm going to give credit, I'm going to give, you know, uh, the benefit of the doubt to my teachers. But I certainly never remember hearing about it because when I got in college, I was like, I don't know what that even is. What, what's a federalist? And mm-hmm. thank heaven for, thank heaven for, you know, Dick Vetterly to be patient and, and humble to help me on that path.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's a, you know, it's amazing how much of a difference one person can make in somebody's life. And a lot of times they don't know it. (laughs) Yeah. And that, you know, and that was a sad moment for me when I got home uh, from my
1: mission, I found out he had relatively young, but he had passed away from a brain aneurysm and it was so sad. I was like, I couldn't wait to, I couldn't wait to get home and tell Dr. Beverly how, how much he changed my life. And unfortunately he'd passed away. So, but I'm sure he's wow. heard it, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, right. Yeah. It's, uh...
1: I, did, I did tell his widow. So that, that helped a little bit.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. It's, um, it's amazing how, how people can affect our lives and, and kind of through generations and education kind of has yeah. that power. Right. That so is... I'm, I'm really glad, yeah. um, I, you know, you need to have a, Uh, can you tell us just briefly how can a person get a copy of the book or what uh, um amazon's
1: the best way all of my books are on amazon you can just put my name in or uh the title of this one is the founder's recipe and it's the first thing that comes up it's available on kindle and um the the paperback version is is this i wanted to make it um attractive so that it would people would be you know inclined to actually read it so oh. I I made it to look like a recipe book so you've got the picture of the you know the the, the meal here yep. and then over here over here you've got your you know your ingredients and everything and so try to make it look attractive and that's what it's you know shiny paper and it's got built-in blank lines for you to put your notes because the idea is that
2: you don't just okay. read
1: the stuff. You know, you don't just read it. You, you write down the things that you feel in your mind when you ponder it. You know, you that's something that the founders talk about all the time that I don't think we really do much is take the time to ponder, which is Latin for weigh. Right. You you take it and you weigh it and you say, what does this mean to me? What why do I care what happened a thousand years ago? Right. And you can figure out why if you ponder the context and the possible implications for your own time and that sort of thing. So yeah, that's on Amazon. Uh, The book I wrote before about uh, Make America States Again uh, is on Amazon as well. And that's on Kindle and paperback. And my first book, The Biography of Madison is only available at the National Center for Constitutional Studies. They bought up the rest of the the inventory. So now they have that. I, I mean, I think though, the JBS bookstore has a few left as well, but maybe not.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, they do. I, uh, you know what I do with, uh, I really like the book on James Madison, the real James Madison. Yeah. And, uh, that book, what I do is anytime somebody signs up for a uh, continuing support club for the jobber society. So, uh, the Madison club is $30 a month. And, uh, if, if they want to do that, um, it's not part of what, the headquarters sends somebody but i just i just felt like you know this is a good thing if i if i have it on hand i can give it to them or i can drop ship it to them and it really you know people are like oh this is really neat and they get a an actual book about james madison and part of the james madison club so it's it yeah they, it that,
1: i remember you telling me that i was really touched by that because it's one of those things that book um there are things in there. I I tried, I was, I was motivated by something that Madison wrote in his own autobiography, which if you can believe it or not, it's about 18 pages. And you've got Mm. someone like someone like Kim Kardashian has two volumes of her autobiography. And James Madison said (laughs) that, yeah, I don't, James Madison's like, I haven't done anything really noteworthy, (laughs) but anyway, he uh, he said the best, he said the best way to, to tell a man's story is to tell it in the man's own words. And so I just dug deep man and I found things that Madison had written and things that he said that again had been purposefully taken out even of even from the modern if you will conservative biographies of Madison there's some things that Madison wrote that goes against conservative incorporated and so mm.
2: when
1: you when you put those words back in that book people are just surprised that at, uh, some of the things that are included. And, and of course it's one of those things. It's not my interpretation of what he said. It's, it's his own words that just haven't been published in a biography of Madison since the late 1890s.
0: Can you, uh, now you got my curiosity. Can you, can you give the audience a little teaser of what you know? A teaser. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he, well, you know,
1: he, he talks about, get the book. he talks, yeah, he talks about property in a way that is, uh, very much against the notion of property today, even amongst most conservative, his idea is look, property is it. Property is the great, uh, is the thing that makes a man free is having an acre that over which he is the Lord, so to speak. Um, and he says, and and the greatest property that could ever be possessed by mankind is his mind. And once you start messing with a man's mind, if you can get control of that property, he'll eventually give you control of anything he owns. And we've seen mm. that today. Yeah. Um, immigration. Well, really insightful. Yeah. Immigration is another one which I put in there on purpose. He wrote these essays. Hamilton started writing these things, asking, you know, trying to convince people to have a more uh, powerful central government. And Thomas Jefferson wrote Madison a letter and said, My God, man, take up your pen. And so, Madison, ever the dutiful best friend of Thomas Jefferson, took up his pen and just excoriated Hamilton. And he he called them, Madison called themselves his Republican letters with a small r. And, and in immigration, he's like, you know, immigration, he says, has always been and according to the Constitution should always be a matter of state uh, government, that the federal government has no enumerated authority over immigration. And if you look in the constitution, you won't find that work. And it, Madison said, that's because that's a state issue. Now today, when you tell even conservatives that the federal government should not be, uh, should not be legislating in the area of immigration, that doesn't sit well. But Madison in his, and his essay is in that book on immigration, he explains it very clearly. the The logic behind it.
0: Hmm. That'll be interesting to, to see that as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just um, basically push
1: power down as far as you can to the yeah. individual level.
0: Huh. Um. I I guess I was curious. You brought you uh, if we could go back to the the other um, the founders recipe book. You held it yeah, up, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. So. Yep. I haven't got my hands on it yet, but I saw a little bit in there. Is it kind of written like a textbook Um, what, how, for homeschoolers no, to use or just self-study, I, or what would you say?
1: Okay. Both, uh, you know, any of that, I wrote it with the idea of making, and I have a section in here, like what, how you would use the book. And I'll, uh, Eldon, I'll send you a, a PDF when we get off here. You don't, Oh, thank um, you. yeah, nice you. so yeah, oh. yeah, of course, but um. It's for homeschoolers, but it's for anyone, adults. The idea was make it accessible. Because if I tell you, hey, the founding fathers, you know, couldn't get enough of a guy named Caesar Beccaria. And you go look it up and then you get the book. I have it on the shelf here. You go get Caesar Beccaria's book and you're like, yeah, I don't know who he is. I'm not going to get into that. But if I give you a little taste of it, maybe you're like, yeah, I want to go eat the rest of that. You know what I'm saying? And so it's one of those things. It's a little, I just provide a little a little sampling of the, each one of them. And the idea, and I say in the front of the book, this is not a, a compendium, right? This is just a little no. taste of every one of these guys. And the hope is that you yourself will go and look up these books, all of which are okay. available for free on, all of them are available for free online. Uh, several of them that are not available, uh, I, on my website, teacherofliberty.com, I make them available as PDFs, and I'm telling – look, Eldon, the honest truth, and this has nothing to do with me because I didn't write these books, right? I'm, I'm just the telescope. I'm not, I'm not a planet, you see. Yeah. I'm just – and everyone who reads these books is blown away by how frank and how clear the defense of liberty is. And it makes it Mm. so clear how our fathers became who they were. How did they get to the point where they were like, we've tried for a decade to get these people to abide by the British constitution. They won't. It's time to cut ties. How did they get there? They got there because the books they'd read taught them those things and uh so yeah. it's it's i uh, right. i think it's easily accessible and that's so the
0: idea. so would you say it's kind of maybe a starting point for people on their journey of of really getting to know the founders and their their thoughts uh in a yeah, way this
1: this is a sad thing particularly
0: among those of us who consider ourselves
1: constitutionalists or uh conservatives is we just don't know our stuff well enough. I, I It's amazing to me still that when I will quote some of these things on Facebook or Instagram, people are like, where did you get that? Who is that guy? And it's still amazing to me. And I'm like, you know, take this book, even if, if you, you know, I'm thinking of any of these guys, If if all you ever read of, I don't know, just pull up something that comes up random William Robertson yeah if all you ever read of William Robertson is what I have in this book which is like you know two pages from one of his things that the founders read all the time that's better than never having read any of William Robertson sure and the idea and 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 that's okay because I recognize that we all have different missions different talents and gifts and and you know bring all of that stuff but it is helpful, it's like Jefferson said, if you want to be ignorant and free, you want what never was and what never will be. And so the idea mm-hmm. is, and like Madison said, the only true and sure guardian of liberty is the diffusion of knowledge. So my idea is, yeah, if you go and you're like, hey, I read Algernon Sydney in, in Founder's Recipe and I'm gonna go read the 700 pages of discourses that Thomas Jefferson said, if you ah. haven't read, he said, if you haven't read discourses, you don't understand the American revolution, but you've got a lot of people who think they know all about it. And you read discourses and your mind is like, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: and maybe you will do that, but maybe you only read the five pages of the selections or four or whatever that I have in the book. And that's better than none, you know, and that's the way I look at it. It's like, if you, if this is your launching pad to reading all of them, that's so good. If this is the sum total of what you know of them, that's better than knowing nothing about them. You'll be a better you'll be a better advocate for liberty having read even the three hundred pages or uh, of of actual selections. There's probably only I don't know hundred and twenty pages. The rest is your blank line journal pages, and then my introduction and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I, I imagine the average. Well, considering how uh, we have a growing populist that seems to think Bernie Sanders and those types of people are, uh, you know, really exciting and with a new wonderful ideas, uh, probably the most, most of our population is pretty far away from um, what you got in the book.
2: Yeah.
1: And you know, the thing
0: that I'm
1: always most pleased about is how excited people get when they read it to read something that's not same old, same old, you know, Mm -hmm. something, when they read it, it really fires them up. I, um, if you want, I can share with you. I put a little thing together. If you want, I can show you on the screen of just, I just took literally just at random. I I think it was like five different quotes out of the book from these guys. And if you want, I will show you that and talk over it if that's okay. Okay. Sure. All right. Let me grab this. Let me grab this here. all right all right can you guys all see that that's uh at the top it says abe guillaume renal i see
0: it everybody right.
1: thumbs up I hope y'all can see it <laughs> yeah, thumbs up. okay because i can't see you guys when i'm looking at the screen so all oh, right so okay. this is okay this is a guy yep, abe means abe means father in french he was a priest guillaume is french for william so this is a guy man the founding fathers love this guy um, and he loved the American the, sense of, the American sense of liberty. So I put one of his quotes. Forget not that the lever of power has no other fulcrum than opinion, that the power of those who govern is in reality, but the power of those who suffer government. Remind not people attentively occupied by their labors or sleeping in their chains to lift up their eyes to truth too terrible for you. And while they are obeying, bring not to their remembrance their right to command. So he's saying this ironically, right? He's saying this is how the tyrant acts. But then he says this part, which is a a sentence, a couple of sentences that everybody just gets so fired up, including me. When the moment of this fearful rousing shall arrive, when they shall have thought in earnest that they are not made for their magistrates, but their magistrates are made for them when they shall once have been able to bring themselves together to feel the communication of kindred minds and to pronounce with a voice unanimous, we will not have this law. Its practice is offensive. And I tell people, man, if I could ever write a book, another book after this generation has come that will no more suffer these things. I want to call that book, this fearful rousing, because I cannot wait until the day that I can't wait until the day that we have this generation of Americans who make the tyrants fear for their lives again. And, you know, that'll be a great day. And so, um, next is Trenchard and Gordon. Now, Trenchard and Gordon, John Trenchard and Thomas Gordon, I'm going to tell you this, you, these guys are straight fire. They, they do nothing but spit the truth from page one to the end. And they, These guys were, they wrote about 10 years before the founders were born. So these are the things that our founding grandparents, so to speak, were teaching our founding fathers from the cradle. And so Mm. here's a little Trenchard and Gordon. These are two guys, John Trenchard, Thomas Gordon. They wrote a thing called Cato's Letters, not Cato the Anti-Federalist. This is in the 1720s. Here we go. If we read the stories of the most celebrated heroes of antiquity, men of whom the present world is not worthy, and consider the actions that gained them their highest reverence and renown and recommended their names to posterity with the most advantage, we shall find those in the first rank of glory who have resisted, destroyed, or expelled tyrants and usurpers. The pests, the burdens and the butchers of mankind. What can be more meritorious, what more beneficent to the world than the saving of millions of men at the expense of one grand murderer, one merciless and universal plunderer? And can there be any better or other reason given for the killing of any guilty man but the preserving of the innocent? Indeed, an action so glorious to those that did it and so benevolent and advantageous to those for whom it was done, could never have been censured in the world if there had not lived in all ages abject flatterers, servile creatures of power, always prepared to sanctify and abet any of the most enormous wickedness if it were gainful. And these are they who have often misled good men in the worst prejudices. Now, if you're a if wow. you're a nine, if you're a <laughs> nine-year-old James Madison reading that, and George the Second, you know, you're nine years old, and George II decides he's going to issue absolute writs of assistance, allowing the British Army to come into your private home without a warrant. I think a nine-year-old James Madison going to keep that little trenchard and Gordon tucked away. And when he turns 20, King George III better better realize that that, uh, that fearful rousing has begun. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah. you, you know, okay, then we got a guy, Emmer de Vaudel, a, a Swiss guy. Man, you, you, if you want to understand the Constitution and federalism, you read Emmer de Vaudel. So he said, when a magistrate, without any apparent reason, attempts to deprive us of life or of those things, the loss of which would render life irksome, Who can dispute our right to resist him? Self-preservation is not only a natural right, but an obligation imposed by nature. And no man can entirely and absolutely renounce it. I mean, can anyone say that these ridiculous mandates regarding this COVID thing are taking away life and those things which render life, they're taking away all the things. All the things they're taking away these things and making our lives irksome to, to say the least. And here's the And again, this guy's writing, you know, a hundred years before 140 years before our founding fathers. But these were the guys that they cut their teeth on. Uh, I mean, just look at that. Hmm. Who can That's dispute such a your right? Yeah. Uh, here's Samuel Pufendorf, a German guy, a, a stud. I mean, man. You read this guy and you're like, I just want to hang out with this dude. He said, <laughs> being, divided, being divided into factions, he's talking about people in a republic, being divided into factions or political parties, they are more concerned to ruin their rivals than to follow the dictates of reason. Uh, if the 2020 sure. elections don't prove that true, I don't know anything that ever would. Um, because we see that. On both sides, Republicans and Democrats. I'm not so concerned with doing what's right and reasonable and constitutional. I just want to ruin those guys. And then we have Algernon Sidney, who is my personal favorite. Call him Uncle Algie out of respect. He's, he, uh, he, was, he was known as the Patriot Saint to our founding fathers. Uh, uh, Sydney Hampton College is named for him. There are several cities out east named for him. Hmm. Uh, he he is a guy that just read his stuff, man. If you want to read the next best thing to scripture, read Algernon Sidney. And he said, "He that bre- he that without law brings a people under his power, I look on as a tyrant, thief, public enemy against whom every man is a soldier."
0: Yeah, I mean, that, Mike, push the podium over,
1: walk away. That, as the kids Mike, say Mike that drop is
0: different if they had mics back then
1: yeah sydney would just push the podium over and say do your worst you know
0: oh, and so I'll, I'll show
1: you real quick i'll show you real okay. quick guys just while i have the thing i'll show you the list of the guys i brought it up so
0: oh see. great
1: yeah so here we have uh the most often quoted guy is saint paul paul from the bible uh second is montesquieu uh then we have so i would ask, you know what I'll, let me put it on a list that makes it a little easier for y'all to look at that list is a little hard to see because it goes it's trying to make it look very colorful so here's a list a bit easier to see yeah yep. so i would ask you to be honest with yourself and look at this list of 36 now there's actually 37 men because trenchard and gordon wrote as partners writing partners look at this list and and you don't have to answer out loud but just think How many of these men have you, A, read anything they wrote, and B, could discuss or could use as weapons against tyranny in any effective way? And then ask yourself, why not? And the answer is not because you're lazy. The answer is because there are people who don't want you to read this, and those people have been in charge of education since the 1890s. And so you look and you say, okay, Paul. Yeah, I got you, Paul. Bible, I got you. Montesquieu, yeah, a bunch of us have probably read something of Montesquieu. Blackstone, yep, probably heard of him, maybe. John Locke, sure. David Hume. Then we're going to hit up against Plutarch, and people are like, yep, don't know who that is. Caesar Beccaria, never heard of that dude. Uh, Trenchard and Gordon, nope. Uh, Delome, nope. Pufendorf. nope. Edward Cook, maybe some people. Cicero, maybe some people. Hobbes, maybe. William Robertson, no way. Grotius, a few people, maybe. Rousseau, a few more. Mm. Bolingbroke, nope. Francis Bacon, maybe. I'll tell you one thing, Richard Price, yeah, there. that dude, you read Richard Price and you're different the next day. That guy, he was called the torchbearer of liberty, and the First Continental Congress offered him... Uh, citizenship in the united states as a reward for his efforts in uh defense of liberty uh william shakespeare yeah we probably read some of him livy probably not a lot alexander pope probably not john milton we think paradise lost uh founding fathers that's not the thing they read they read a thing called ario read that blow your mind uh tacitus plato reynal The Abbe, Gabriel Mobley, Machiavelli, another guy that people say, yeah, he's the guy that thinks you should rule ruthlessly. That's not at all what he said. In fact, the first sentence of the prince is like, it's the prince's duty to rule over his people in virtue. Uh, Emmer de Vaudel, who I mentioned earlier, William Pettit, Voltaire, read some of his stuff. John Robinson, the uh, spiritual leader of the pilgrims. Algernon Sidney, John Summers, Mm -hmm. James Harrington, Paul Penn. Anyway those 36 look at those and say how many of those guys am I familiar with well you had the founding fathers could quote you chapter and verse of all these guys which tells you why they are no longer part of our curriculum right Wow I, I don't know if it's evident <laughs> that I get a little fired up about this stuff I, I oops
0: well there maybe we should I think if we if we read what you read we would get pretty fired up I would think.
1: Dude, you can't help but get fired up when you read these guys and they just don't pull punches. There's none of this go to Congress and try to compromise. No, nope, nope. We have a contract. You obey it or you don't. And if you don't, you have no authority. And that's not me wanting to be cool. That's me saying God made me free and that's how I'm going to stay and if I give you some authority, it has boundaries. If you step beyond those boundaries, you're no longer a magistrate. You're just a common thief and I'll treat you
0: as such. So they weren't exactly trying to sugarcoat things.
1: <laughs> well, that's no. And if that's the thing, you
0: if people want to, if you're, if you're ready
1: to take it undiluted, the straight bleach, read these. If you're not, then stick with uh, Ben Shapiro or Glenn Beck or something. I don't know. I don't mean to slag off them, but you know, it's the same old, same old. But if you want it sure. undiluted, you read these guys and you're just, I mean, you seriously, it took me five years to read Sydney's discourses concerning government because every page I was like, why did I never understand this before? Why has this never come into my head? And, and now that it is, I can't get it out.
0: <laughs> yeah. it can be a life. I remember um, when I read the federalist papers and I had read a few of them, but yeah, uh, a friend of mine, Uh, Robert Brown, he decided that uh, we were going to once a week have a phone conference and go through one of the essays. You know, simple idea, right? And Mm -hmm. uh, boy, it just Mm -hmm. the understanding of the founders, the constitution, just greatly expanded. Just doing that. Right, right. And see...
1: And just doing that, and then
0: imagine if that's step
1: one, you go to the index, or every time in the essay when they say, you, you know, the celebrated Montesquieu said, don't just, Teflon, let that slide off you. Go get that book and say, I want to read. Why are they quoting Montesquieu? Why are they co- coding, quoting the Abbe de mably And why, don't stop and say, okay, they quoted him, let's keep going. Say, nope, why did they quote Abbe de mably twice in the Federalist paper? And I've never mm-hmm. heard of him. Yeah. Why did they quote right. Grotius? Why did they quote, quote uh Why are they quoting these guys? That's that's the next level is say, I want to understand how they were able to write such amazing essays. Well, they because they had all this stuff, the raw material in their minds from their education.
0: Yeah, so, I remember uh, reading that uh, and a number of times feeling like, Okay, they're speaking to an audience and they're referring to something that I've never heard of. But yeah. they assume mm-hmm. that the audience is, you know, very familiar with whatever it is.
1: Oh.
0: Well, oh, yeah. why have not why have I never heard of that?
1: <laughs> that and see that's exactly what happened to me freshman year at BYU. I was like, why is that name unfamiliar? Why why do I not know who that is? Yeah. And it's like and I don't know what it was that I mean, it was Dr. Vetterly's prompting, but what it was in me that said, I want to know that. So I don't know, but it's changed my life and it's made me a more zealous and more capable advocate of liberty, which ultimately, I mean, made me a better Christian, a better man to understand freedom and the, the cost of freedom and why it is so valuable because it is the most important thing in existence is your ability to choose and uh, I want, I want to, I want to take what our founders give us, gave us, and I want to be able to hand it down to the next generation. And as we stand right now, we're precariously on that, on that uh, cliff, to yeah. where we don't have anything to give them, and that would be a sad day. That'd be a sad reflection on our, our um, comfort, our comfort with mediocrity. You know, it's like a. Our, our tacit agreement of mediocrity is,
0: a wiser man once said. Definitely. Well, uh, we're about, let's see, we're about 40 minutes uh, into it. Um, what do you, were you okay with uh, taking questions from the audience? Uh, yep. yep, yep at this
1: point? Yes, sir. That's my favorite part of all of it.
0: Okay. I uh, think if you have a question, you can go ahead and unmute your microphone, but please don't everybody unmute at once because the background noise. <laughs> But, uh, see if we can do that. See if, if and can get somebody, I can unmute it all. Everybody at once. People are like, this dude's been talking enough already. Yeah. Right. Let's see, okay. Oh, there we go. We got somebody. I love this. So I'm,
2: I'm really into the classics and I always oh, love finding you with the classics to read. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I'm really interested in this book and, um, I love what you've said so far. I'm just trying to think of a question to get you to talk more because
1: let me let me uh, ask you this, Sam. Yeah, when sure. you say the when you say the classics, do you mean like the Roman and Greek classics, or do you just mean the the classic corpus of liberty literature? What do you mean?
2: Oh, I I mean just in general, like of all time. So stretching okay, from. Yeah, antiquity to the present. I got you. Okay. Um, whether philosophy or novels, um, and this is great because, and I homeschool, you know, and that's part of it. And so, nice. I am looking for those lists of books to introduce my kids to.
3: Yeah,
1: And 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 in the begin, in the introductory part, I, I have a section on how to use it as part of homeschooling. You know what, what sort of uh, tactics you could use to integrate it into a homeschool uh, lesson.
2: So, maybe, yeah, maybe you could tell us some more about that and the homeschool
1: Yeah. Aspect. So basically, I also at the included in the book is this thing I wrote a few years ago, uh, the 16 uh, key principles of liberty. And what I do is I give these principles called from the writings of the founders. And then I give in each one a uh, an example from the writings of the founders and then an example from the writings of the guys the founders read. So you won't be able to see it very well, but it's like that. You'll have a principle, you'll have a short restatement, and then you'll have a, a selection from, uh, support from the founders and support from things the founders read. And I have that, and I have a, an entire section on um, the how, how the founding fathers were educated themselves. I have a, a section on that. and. And it gives, and then I say, okay, here's how to take these lessons and use, or if you want to use the 16 principles as ways to um, to inspect, to uh, to uh, approach the writings. Like tell your kids, which is something I do in the class that I teach, is I say, okay, yeah, we see this from you know uh, Sydney. How where can we find any of the 16 principles in it? And then that gives them sort of a, an exercise to do that isn't busy work or senseless it actually confirms to them the um the power of these writings and how they do all point toward one central theme and that is the the individual sovereignty of man as a gift or inheritance from god and that it's powerful and i put those things in there purposely because i know how many homeschool uh families are looking for something like that because homeschool kids, they're not going to be satisfied with the textbook pablum, that's for sure.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah, of course not. Yeah. yeah. Great. And you said that these are listed in order of how often they're cited in the right. Federalist mm-hmm. Papers? Nice. Right.
1: Not in the Federalist Papers. It, there's. I, I took uh, the original 15,000 uh, documents that were studied, and then I, with the power of the internet, I added about 85,000 extra documents. And now the thing is, there's about 220 men that I consider founding fathers, the first and second Continental Congress, the Constitutional Convention, the ratification conventions, that sort of thing. But if you take out, if you say, if you want to take the varsity squad of founders, right, if you want to take those guys whose names come right to the top of your head, Madison, Washington, Jefferson, Hamilton, Adams, those guys. Um, the numbers will change a little bit. And I talk about that in the book uh, because those guys had a corpus of guys and I'm actually making a, uh, a sort of supplement to this book right now, which is the varsity squad guys. What did they read? So that if you just, if you only have time to read 10 of these instead of 36, I want you to have the 10 guys are just going to punch you in the face with every word. Right. And so that's a supplement that's coming out. It's, uh, I don't know, uh, relatively soon. Nice. Do you have a name for it? No, I don't, if you if you can think of one, I, I don't actually. <laughs> I've had about 30 names for it and none of them ever sound right. But if you have one, send it along. I'd be happy to give you credit. <laughs> Hi,
3: your, uh, your topic is very interesting to me, especially when Thank it you, comes sir. to history. Uh, A lot of schools are not teaching history, and if they are teaching history, it's called revisionist history, where they take Mm -hmm. what we've been through, twist it, and give it to our kids, and our kids believe that. Uh, Myself, I want to get into the schools and teach the Constitution, because you have college kids who can't tell you about the founding fathers. Everybody, if you ask them, they say, yes, a bunch of white guys who are all slave owners. That's all they can tell you, but they can't tell you nothing of significance. So I've gathered some motivation from you this morning, this morning where I'm at anyway um so
1: thank you for that i appreciate that that uh you know that's ultimately what i ended up doing i was traveling around for the uh tenth amendment center giving speeches and some guy was at a speech i gave in st louis and he said hey i own a chain of charter schools would you like to come teach whatever you just did do it to high school kids and i did and man you know day 1 it was some sort of renaissance cuz like you said they They'd never heard these things before. Right. And, and, and parents were so happy because they're like, finally, and you know, that's not me saying, look how cool Joey is. I, that ain't what it's about. What it's about is I was just saying, here you go. I want y'all to have the undiluted truth that the, that made the founders who they were. And boy, these kids, man, I'm going to tell you these kids and I, and I encourage you to follow that, Follow that uh, motivation, sir. Follow that dream and do that because the more uh, Sydney himself, Algernon Sydney said that the way in, in his book. Where is it, Joey? Oh, here, uh, Court Maxims, a little book that Sydney wrote uh, that you can get on my website in PDF form. This this is this is the only place that publishes besides me, and they charge eighty bucks for this thing. Um, and I guess it's because of the scarcity. But anyway, um, I get, what's his name, Willie? Willie um, in court maxim Sydney says you know one of the ways to save a republic or as he calls it a commonwealth one of the ways to save it is to have a multiplicity of teachers of the truth and man that was my once I read that in court maxims that was my mantra you know I don't want to be seen as some sort of "Ooh, I've got it all and I if you pay me I'll tell you I don't want to see that I, I want to take and I want to be Johnny Appleseed man I want to just spread this stuff And you, Willie, you take your guys and teach them. I'll take my guys. Sam, y'all all all do the thing. And if we do it enough, we'll be like he said, and we'll restore the Commonwealth through all these little, little, uh, little bonfires of liberty that we start.
3: That's true. Thank you. Yes, sir. Hi, this is Craig from Las Vegas.
1: Hey, Craig from Las Vegas.
3: Hi, um, I uh, wanted to find out from you, Joe, uh, if you had considered um, this latest uh, executive order, the 1776 commission uh, that the president signed on November 2nd, if you had considered trying to get this latest book um, out to them or some of their representatives to the commission or whatever uh, Hmm. to be one of the resources to be taught in schools.
1: Uh, You know what? such a thing never had uh, occurred to me, to be honest, Craig, that's a, a brilliant idea. And I'm actually writing that down. So I was telling Eldon earlier, I'm like, these question answers end up being much, much uh, more productive than me just, you know, quoting wiser people than I. So no, I hadn't thought about that. But I I'm thinking about it now.
3: Well, that's, that's, that's great. Uh, I just ran across IDL and was so stunned by it. Uh, that's, uh, you know it's it's it couldn't have been written any better by a bircher I think, uh, with, uh, with what they want to do, bring, bring the teaching and the schools and the Americans back to, uh, back to our founding principles. So, uh, but yeah, I appreciate, I think, uh, your, uh, words today. It's been
1: great. Thank you. I appreciate it, Craig. Yeah, that's a, a great idea. I mean, it's one of those things. It's, it's, uh, you know, adults typically read it and, and, and as adults, we've got lots of things that we're responsible for and busy doing, but you give these kids, they go in In my classroom, when I taught in a brick and mortar school, when I would sit there and these kids would come in, they would be ready for history class. And they were like, do not care. I don't care what day Columbus sailed the ocean blue. I don't care what day battle of Bunker Hill was fought. Don't care. But I would get in there. And my first thing that I always say to them is, all right, first thing you got to know about me is I hate school as much as you do. And I hate it. I hate it because most time you're not learning anything. I said, so here's the deal with me. We're going to treat each other like equals. You're not children. You're old enough to know what's good and bad for you. I'm going to put out a buffet of history. You eat it, don't eat it. That's not my business. I'm not going to spoon feed you, but here's this buffet and you can go home full every day. And once those kids realize that I'm putting it on them, and once they realize that, when they get up to the buffet and they start eating some of this stuff it's not the same old same old that they've been eating for years i guys i liberty fund the the group that prints thank heaven for liberty fund seriously they print most of these guys books and they they are a shoestring budget but they are doing the lord's work and when they they contacted me and they said joe we're getting all of these orders for books from Arizona like do you know anything about this and I'm like yeah I teach these books that y'all print I teach them in my class and they're like man all of a sudden we got all these orders and so as a thank you to me they sent me every book they published like I came home and I came home and my front door was covered in but bo- I couldn't see my door and I called them and I'm like hey I, I'm not paying for this nope and they're like, nope, that's just our way of saying thank you for getting this message out. And man, the kids, I'm not gonna lie, I kept them in the box, took them to school, brought them to my classroom, had the kids go through with me. They were all just crying. They could not believe that someone out there, a company cared enough about them and enough about freedom to give them this you know, opportunity. And that's the stuff that happens. That's the stuff that happens when you stop doing things the same old way that they've been done. And what you end up finding out is people think that this method is revolutionary. No, it's, it's restitutionary. It's a, it's a restorational. All I'm doing is bringing back stuff that's so old, it's been forgotten. And it's so old, people think it's new. And it isn't. And that's why in that book, I have that whole little chapter about how the founding fathers what school was like for them. And you read it and you're like, okay, okay. What you're doing
3: is not that is not that uh, revolutionary at all. So Joe, do you teach this class? When you go into the classroom, do you teach it like a seminar or is it a curriculum formatted uh, lecture you give? Yep, I do it uh, for a curriculum
1: formatted. Now, when I was in a brick and mortar school, we had uh, a class. Now, now, think about this, Willie. This is the thing that'll tell you The power of this of this material is the people at the charter school did not want to make it a history credit because they were afraid that you know I don't know it's a long story so they said Joe the best we're going to do for you is we're going to make it a a uh, a what do you call it a um, what what is it when you elective who said yeah elective Craig thank you man I forgot the word they said we'll make it an elective. But they said, beware, you're going to be asking the kids to be reading these books instead of going to dance class or going to choir or going to basketball or whatever. And they said, we're not going to let you hold the class unless you get 14 people signed up. We had 90 people sign up.
3: Wow. Wow. I thought they said and, that we weren't going to let you teach the class because we were teaching the 1619 project instead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, fortunately, no, they weren't. It wasn't that bad. But they, they didn't think they'd get 14. And I had to cut 30 of them out because I only had time in the day to teach two. And I so, Willie, I teach it the same way now, although I only teach it to homeschoolers, to co-ops. Right. I go into the homes of these families and teach it. But it's a, basically a semester. And I just go through methodically through the book and teach a little bit of each of these guys. And and if you look at the front of the book, I explain uh, how I do that, so that if you yourself want to take the book, go and do that likewise. I don't I don't want credit. I don't care. Just it'll. It, I explain in the front of the book. Here's how I do it. Here's how it's been successful. And if you have, hey, if you're like Ford and you have a better idea, do it, man. Do it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't care. Thank and you. but it does. I do explain in the beginning of the book how to how to how to sort of uh, organize it as a, a series of lectures. And let me tell you, man, I'm going to tell you these kids. The other day I had the greatest compliment was today, Tuesday, yesterday. I had the greatest compliment I ever had from a student. We were walking out and she said, I think every time we meet. So we meet every Monday for uh, two hours. She's like, every I think these two hours that we meet every Monday is the worst part of the devil's week. And I'm like, I hope so, man. I hope he really hates it that we're sitting here with 14 year olds talking about liberty. That's true. I, I I guarantee that I guarantee that uh son of a gun doesn't doesn't like that much. But yeah, take it and do it, man. Take it. I, that would be a great thing, Willie, if you could take that and do your thing.
3: Well, thank you guys for everything. Uh, this is Craig. I'm going to have to uh, mute myself here and, and get cutting, but uh, thanks for everything today. Keep thank you, Craig. On. Appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome.
1: I see the young lady there. She's been with us like the whole time. Hello. Hey, I'm trying to see your I name, l- Janae. Janae.
3: Yes, that was perfect. Thank you. Oh,
1: you're <laughs> welcome. I just, I just hated that we hadn't recognized you, you're the face of the organization, and we're just sitting here, you know, ignoring yeah. you. So,
3: yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Well, hey, um, I was just wondering, your books are for free online, you said? Oh, this Where's book, you? no, this book is not for free online. Um, the, I have on my website, teacherofliberty.com, several of the uh, books that aren't available, books that the founders read that aren't available anywhere. We made them available uh, to anyone oh. to download on PDF. Yeah. Okay. And ju- and um, so it's just like a when you buy something off Kindle? Yeah, you can buy it on Amazon for your Kindle. And uh, yeah, it's two. Ver- it has the Kindle version and the uh, like paperback or whatever they call it version yeah but you oh, can definitely get it for the Kindle yeah well thank you appreciate yes you. ma'am thank you for hanging out with us thanks
3: everybody it's important yeah okay take care I'll see you guys later you
0: too Janine take care okay. of yourself thank you all right do we have any more questions going once going twice <laughs> All right. Well, um, any final thoughts, uh, Joe? If you want to kind of, I guess, wrap things up and uh, we'll thank everybody for coming on the Birch. Uh, yeah. Birching the West podcast. No, I'm just real grateful that, you know, you
1: did this. And my, you know, the, the last thing I would say is just, um, you know, there is hope. I think so often we see such uh, dire predictions and there is hope though, there is hope that if we can get these things, if we can get this next generation of kids to read the things our founders read, I know that they will do the things our founders did and throw off the tyranny of all powerful central government. And so that's the goal ultimately Selling books doesn't do much for me, but having a generation of kids rise up who will, who will bring that fearful rousing as Raynal calls it, that will mean something to me, you
0: know? Well, that's, that's a wonderful thought to, to end on. And, uh, I hope that uh, we can, you know, share this with, uh, as many as possible. I'll be of course, uploading this to the, the podcast, uh, to my YouTube channel, for those that want nice. to watch the video version of it and uh, you know, we can share it with whoever wants to see it or hear it and see nice. Uh yeah, we'll get some folks that are, are wanting to share uh, what you have to have to share with us. I thank you so much for taking the time to uh, oh man, gather this book and talk about it. And um,
1: Yeah. It's thank you for caring. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. The fact that anybody wants
0: to hear about it is amazing. <laughs> well, it's, you know one by one and that's that's how how it works right yeah um yeah. i guess i should put it a plug the um or two things with the jbs that you know we want to encourage our folks to consider up to december 4th uh we have the um, gift subscriptions so if those of you that want to give somebody a, a gift subscription for the new american it's 49 for the first and 29 for each additional gift subscription. So that's a, a great deal. Uh, you want to go to the newamerican.com, take advantage of that if you want to do that. Also, if, it, if there's still some of you that want to help out with uh, building awareness of the John Burr Society, and uh, this will be in Utah, uh, putting up a billboard. Uh, it does cost some money to do that, but you can certainly contact me at uh, my email address and talk about how to how to work on that. But So that's my little plug. I guess we got a little commercial in there, (laughs) but, uh, uh, thank you so much, Joe. Uh, appreciate it. Sam, Willie and Craig. Yeah. Everybody. uh, Great questions. And, uh, hopefully we can share this far and wide. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. All right. Well, uh, I guess I'll let's see, turn off the, let's see if I can, Uh or stop.